I'm Samantha Tomlinson. And I'm Jocelyn Ponciano. And welcome to that good old Disney podcast where we're officially kicking off the Silver Rage. I'm so Woo! happy. It's going to be I'm fun. All, it's going to be so fun. <laughs> I know. So the Silver Age, um, any Disney nerds out there and people who don't know this, I guess you'll learn this. Um, Silver Age is the third era of Disney. So there's the Golden Age and then the wartime era, which is what we were just doing. Um, but the wartime era was more a lot of shorts and like propaganda. It wasn't like film, film, film. Yeah. So we are kicking it off, off the Silver Age with the first, with the second Disney princess after 13 years, after Snow White, Cinderella. And watching this movie, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. Yeah. And I forget how good it is. Um, so this movie came out March 4th, 1950. Um, or it was, it was released in the U.S. on March 4th. So this past March, it was 70 years old. Which oh, wow. Is, right? Which I'm like, that makes sense because I did... I did go and buy, well, okay, actually, maybe it was, I bought, like, the Blu-ray, like, the special edition Cinderella that just came out. I think I specifically bought it because I'm like, I don't want to get it once Disney, because once Disney Plus comes out, I'm not going to want to go buy it. <laughs> so I want to yeah. get it so then I have it, <laughs> which is ridiculous logic, but um, anyway, so this came out on the U.S. March 4th, 1950. And it was actually first first released in Boston. I guess it premiered there uh, February 15th. Then Chicago on February 22nd. And it was even released at the Venice Film Festival on August 19th, 1950. And the Berlin International Film Festival, June 23rd, 1951. Uh, so a lot of releases, but mainly March 4th. Mm-hmm. And around this time, so... Disney hadn't had a hit since Snow White. And I guess uh, Song of the South, which came out in 1946, was also at the time pretty successful. Uh, But they hadn't had such a huge hit since Snow White. And once again, they are at a very unstable period of time. Because if Cinderella failed, Disney was done. Like, yeah. Like I think actually done because I feel like I've said that a bunch. Like <laughs> this move, this movie, like they were almost done. It's like I think they would have been actually done because a couple of these movies there was a lot riding on them, but this mm-hmm. one I think they would have really been done. Um, which is very insane to think about, considering what they'll. I mean, again, we've said this before. Considering what they'll go on to do, but especially this point on, and especially in the fifties. Yeah. So, yeah, and in 1948, uh, Disney decided to go back to feature films and turn the story of Cinderella into a feature. And so Cinderella was a book. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, it, okay, it's spelled Charles Perrault, but it's French, so... It sounds nothing like that. And I tried, like, I literally looked up how to pronounce it, and it was like, 
Shaw Pill. Like I couldn't, I like, I can't. It's, it was, there were much longer and harder names in, this is way, no, this is way harder than some of the names that were in Fantasia. Like I, I, it's, he's a French, he's French regardless. He's French. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was a book, 1960 in, oh, 18, oh, I wrote it wrong. I wrote the wrong the book came out in like I think sixteen ninety eight. I wrote nineteen sixty eight. That is wrong. It came out. <laughs> and it came out in the sixteen eighties or sixteen nineties. Came out in the sixteen hundreds, and it then was turned into an opera. Uh, with and the title was it was again it was uh French and it was Cendrillon was was how it was pronounced, and um they actually around the same time they were also making Alice in Wonderland. So they had two separate crews of animators and it was basically whoever finishes first and, you know, which is better. So not just, let's just throw this out. Like, no, like if it was done first and it was better, that was going to be released first. So Cinderella was released first. Alice in Wonderland was released uh, a year later. And thank God it was a success because the company was about four million dollars in debt around the time you know about to go bankrupt because like world war ii hit them really hard the budget was like just under three million it was like two million nine hundred uh nine hundred thousand and they they did a lot to cut corners so like this was the actually i think they they did it for snow white but they did a ton of the live action modeling like at least like 90% of it was live action modeling just so they could, which I think the point of that is to get, uh, it, it basically, it cheapens the, not cheapens the animation, but like lessens the cost of animation. And I'm assuming huh. it's so they don't have to, you know, keep having, like they can get it right the first time or at least the first few times is my guess. Oh. That's okay. my guess. I don't know. Do you? That makes sense. No, I have. I know nothing. I, but... we, I think we've all seen those pictures. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're pretty cool. And um, yeah, so this was a ton of live action modeling, and even the like the pumpkin coach. So it was animated to look like it was floating. Like if when you think about it, yeah, it looked like it was bouncing. Um, yeah. And I mean, I swear the wheels turned at, uh, when they actually got into town, like just before it arrived at the castle. But yeah, it was it was mostly it, it was mostly made to look floating, so they didn't have to actually make wheels spinning, you know, also to huh. save money. Yeah, right. Um, so Cinderella went on to be the third highest grossing film of 1950, and it was nominated for three Oscars, uh, best scoring of a musical picture, best uh, recording, and best original song for Bibbidi Bobby Boo, which I was kind of, I'm not surprised that that was nominated. I'm surprised A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes wasn't nominated. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, to be fair, that one is more, like, beautiful and inspirational, whereas the other one was a lot more fun. Mm-hmm. But I'm just, I was definitely like, oh, surprised. <laughs> um so this movie it made so much money that uh it made so it made money from not just the movie actually but from the music and uh merchandising and this helped this uh it helped the studio basically undo all of the debt that it was in it helped mm-hmm. finance the next line of movies animated and live action 
Disney started a distribution company. He got into television and it helped him. It basically was the, it helped finance Disneyland. Yeah. All from this, all from the overall uh, profit from Cinderella, Dang. which is insane. Yeah. Right? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, so this is 19, so they, I guess, started working on it like late 40s, so 1948. Um, Disneyland came out in 19, opened 1950. Um, all, also, all of the nine old men, so Walt's animators, they all of them worked on this movie. And this just, you know, they really like, I think by this point, it was kind of just like, you know, either we're going to, we're, we're we might fail, we might succeed. So they kind of gave it their all. And mm-hmm. clearly, because I don't think the animation in this movie gets enough credit. Yeah. Um, we talk about Sleeping Beauty's animation a lot because it is incredibly gorgeous. Um, Snow White's is more... Snow White's and Pinocchio's are just, it's so early that it's mm-hmm. just visually, it's just so incredible with what they were able to do. This is just so, it's beautiful in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like some of the designs, like the, the intricacy, like uh, in the, I think it was the stepmother's room, just the design of like her wallpaper oh or my whatever God. Okay, it was. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you're thinking? Like it's gorgeous. Yeah, I was going to bring it up too. I saw it and I noticed it and I was like, wow. I was like, I've never seen the note, like been her her room before i never really stopped and like because i paused this movie a lot yeah while i was watching it and i was like wow i never noticed the pattern on her wall like i like if you told me in like uh fun facts or like a quiz or something and be like what what was lady Tremaine's like bedroom wall i'd be like a uh, purple but i was like I oh think, no yeah. it has patterns and like textures like and, yeah yeah it's really really gorgeous um yeah just the animation is this it's it doesn't look quite like Snow White. There's more detail than Snow White, but it's not quite. I, I don't even know. We'll get to Sleeping Beauty, but it's not quite the some sh- uh, sharpness that Sleeping Beauty, uh, if that's the right word for that. But uh, it's just so beautiful. It's kind of like a painting. Not quite like how Aristocats is very obviously like a painting, but this is like just the color schemes. It's just so visually appealing and gorgeous like i forgot how beautiful this movie was yeah so um this movie just like snow white and pinocchio unless there's another movie that did it i don't remember but snow white like snow white and pinocchio we start with a storybook opening and you know cinderella has is has her father and her dog and her horse and her mother passes away and he remarries and, you know, once he dies, it all kind of goes south. Um, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> In a nutshell, yeah. Um, so actually, I, I read this a while back. So so the stepmother her na- is Lady Tremaine. Mm-hmm. But first of all, isn't her name never once mentioned in the movie? Um, the, the last names are. It is? Yeah. Oh, may- oh, when maybe- they're introducing. Oh, when they're introducing, um, but never again. No, literally never again. Because <laughs> I remember reading something that said, like, her name's Lady Tremaine. And yeah. you you become... That means Cinderella's last name has to be Tremaine. Because mm-hmm. uh, she, mar- like, she married the, a Tremaine, and so then he 
she became Lady Tremaine, so they, her last name should technically be Tremaine. Which, I mean, it's irrelevant. It doesn't really change anything. But when I read that, oh. I was like, oh, huh. oh. interesting. Oh. Because huh. Tremaine is actually a pretty kind of last name. It's kind of a cool last name, but it's yeah. associated with, like, yeah. Um, Lady Tremaine, there's no villain quite like her. Yeah. Let's think about this a lot. Like, uh, you know, like... You know, most of them are on, like, a mission. They have, like, an overall goal. Like, they're doing all of this, creating all this chaos and doing all this evil to, you know, get what they want. She Mm -hmm. is really just making her... All she's really doing is just making Cinderella's life miserable. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, there's just no... Like, it's not... It's... There's just no villain like her. I feel like a lot of villains are somewhat i can you can kind of categorize them together um but her i'm like i don't know where she would fit she's so different and i think it's also though because i was thinking about this the evil queen in snow white she just you know the, the her the you know the gist of it is she's trying to control something that she can't slash shouldn't have control over um i mean you know even like kind of like mother gothel is the same thing Whereas Lady Tremaine, she can control, she has an abundance of control, uh, except for when the outside world intervenes. So Mm -hmm. when Cinderella is at the ball, um, as well as when the, the Duke, you know, and the, the, what was that, the guy, I don't know, the foot guy, I don't know what to say. (laughs) <laughs> well, I, I, I want to know yeah it's like the yeah like the footman i don't know i don't know but anyway he um like once they enter her home it's also she's like loses her control because she only can control what is in her house and you know um that's that's i was just I was thinking about this a lot like she so yeah she's a very uh interesting villain a very different villain they gave her they go into like a lot more depth with her in the live action, like, they give her more of a, like, why she's evil. Which I I did like, but at the same time, I was also kind of like... Like, it was nice, and it fit. It didn't feel forced at all, that I remember. Um, but it... Uh, I think it's because we all just accept, oh, yeah, she's evil. We never yeah. really cared about the reason. And, uh, yeah, so anyway, the father dies, and rather than just, you know be a, a decent stepmother she uh they you know force her into the tower and she becomes their maid um so the voice of cinderella is eileen woods and she apparently didn't even know that she auditioned for cinderella she wasn't or no she didn't she didn't audition for cinderella she made like a demo like a couple demo recordings of her singing a couple of disney songs and sent them to her friends and then they sent them to disney and she yeah right (laughs) she beat she beat out 309 girls for this dang and she didn't even know it she didn't even try (laughs) uh people and but i love because you know there's recordings of her singing a few disney songs that means Mm -hmm. you know at least one of them is from snow white and i'm just trying to like with her voice i'm just trying to like hear it and I don't know, that just kind of made me like, oh my gosh, that must have been, like, really beautiful. 
And I kind of love this opening scene. I guess there was a different, there were a, there was a different version of an opening scene. And I kind of, I watched, it's on uh, Disney Plus under extras. And yeah, this one's better. <laughs> I keep forgetting to watch those. Gosh. I mean, I, uh, most of them, I didn't watch all of them. There were a couple just like, a song that they almost put in there or like alternate beginning and um, the alternate beginning, it was very, not that she doesn't have a reason to, it was just kind of complainy. Uh, oh, and again, okay. she has every reason to be complaining, <laughs> but <laughs> I kind of like this version better. It's a lot more beautiful where the, you know, birds and the mice are like waking her up and helping her get dressed. And it's very adorable while she sings a dream is wish your heart makes. Um, actually, so I wanted to bring this up. Do you, uh, okay, so this song, obviously I know it's Cinderella. I've seen Cinderella, but I realized the reason that I remember it, for some reason it triggers a different movie. It wasn't really a movie. It was a compilation. Disney, I'm uh, guessing it was probably in like the nineties. They released like VHS tapes of, it was like Disney sing-alongs. Did you ever have those? I did. Okay. And I remember, yeah, this was one of them. Uh, it was like a just a cluster of random songs from various movies. I remember this. I remember Topsy Turvy from Hunchback and mm -hmm. On the Open Road from a Goofy movie. Mm -hmm. Like, that is what, I mean, obviously, I didn't, like, that Goofy movie especially, that's because I didn't grow up watching that, but that's why I know that song. But, like, that's for some reason why I remember this song. And I've seen this movie before. It's not like, oh, yeah, like, I know I've seen this movie, and I had seen the movie, probably, I was probably watching the sing-alongs around the time I was watching this movie. But I just find, for some reason, that's what, it, that scene triggers that, because mm -hmm. I watched that bit so much. I get that. Yeah. 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 This song is really so, like the little subtitles. Yeah. Like, the little like no notes. The yes. And notes. like Disney head. <laughs> yeah. The little Disney Mickey head, like just bouncing. Bouncing. On yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Last from oh. the past. We're old. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, anyway. So yeah, this song is really, really beautiful. And it reprises when the fairy godmother shows up. Like, like, kind of quietly, like, in the background. Because um, mm -hmm. Cinderella's talking. And then it reprises at the end. Uh, I do love the end version. I think it's really beautiful. Uh, my cousin and his wife, they actually, they're, they're in my family, they're coined the Disney dorks because they go to Disneyland all the time. And they, she walked down the aisle to this song. Aww. And I out loud, I literally went, I'm doing this! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I will, but I literally was like, this it was really pretty and it was really cute. Um, it's an option. Yes, it is an option. <laughs> um, uh, so Eileen Woods, uh, who you know, again was the voice of Cinderella, she had Alzheimer's later in her life and she didn't remember that she was Cinderella. But apparently her nurses said that she really enjoyed this song, like it gave her comfort. So she didn't mm -hmm. obviously necessarily remember why she loved this song or what this song meant to her or that she was Cinderella, but she enjoyed, I just found that really sweet. Like, Aww, you know, yeah, like she, no, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, Cinderella is all dressed and then the mice come running in to 
basically let her know there's a mouse stuck in the trap. And this is when we meet Gus, who becomes, uh, he and Jack, who is one of the mice, become just, like, they're, like, best friends the whole time. And they just met. (laughs) And they actually, um, so, Jack is, he's kind of the leader, unofficial leader of the mice. Mm -hmm. And he's a really solid friend to all of them, as well as to Cinderella. And the thing is, Cinderella, they, she's, so the big thing with Cinderella, the big thing she is known for is her kindness. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she rescued, she, all of these mice have clothes and they willingly like dust her shoes or shine her shoes and like dust her clothes and resew her clothes. They do, she helped them out. Like she, she saved all of them probably from mice traps. And I just find that so sweet that they just like, oh, they all just hang out, are still friends. They all literally owe her uh, their lives. And of course, I she doesn't want necessarily like she lets them help her. She they she gladly lets them help her, but they don't. She, she wouldn't care one way or the other. She was just doing it because that's who she is. And yeah. I just find. The fact that they're all of these mice characters is a real testament of her character, to how she is just as beautiful inside as she is out. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay, so uh, she after saving Gus, she there's a scene where she is um about to like go start her chores, and she opens the drapes in like the hallway, and and mm-hmm. I always thought. I'm like, I really want to get, like, if I ever have a house, I want to have a window. Not, like, a window that's the size of a wall, but, like, a big enough window that I can very, like, very, like, 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 girly and princessy just open the drapes like that. And I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to happen so often that, like, boyfriend, husband, whoever is like, what is up with this? Like, why... What is up with this weird way she opens the drapes? And then we watch Cinderella and he'll be like, oh. Like, yeah. I've always wanted to, to do that. <laughs> um, so this is when we meet Lucifer, the a-hole cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is! I mean, I, that's... His name's Lucifer. I mean, like... yeah. The thing is, though, I feel like, because I was a kid, I didn't get that. So Lucifer is the name of the devil. I didn't get that when I was four. But... Like, he just, he's the worst. But the thing is, it's funny, though. Like, it's, it's, he's, he's a jerk, but also cats, that's the thing about cats. That's why we all love cats, because they're kind of jerks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it just, and apparently, uh, so the animator Ward Kimball struggled a lot with animating the cat, because he could, couldn't come up with a really good design, and Walt Disney apparently came to his house to, like, you know, talk work. And the cat kept, like, brushing himself against against Walt Disney's legs. Who mm-hmm. And Walt didn't really like cats. And he literally said, quote, uh, For gosh sakes, Kimball, there's your Lucifer right here. And so the cat was modeled after Ward Kimball's cat, who was mm-hmm. fat, had six toes, and named Feetsy. Or it could be Fetsy, but I think it's Feetsy. And, um. yeah. 
Um, so we kind of get this scene, jumping ahead a little bit, we get this scene where, so yeah, Cinderella is getting breakfast ready and she's out feeding like all the chickens and the, like the horse. And can I say she clearly has all these chores, but she does take some joy in the things that she does. Yeah. Like she, I mean, loves the mice. Also, to be fair, technically the house is hers. So, of course, all the animals are her. So, of course, she's going to be nice to them. <laughs> like, and they're nice mm-hmm. to her because she's the one that feeds them. Um, but there's a scene where the mice are trying to creep out of the kitchen. And <laughs> I kind of love the scene because they basically are like, oh, one of us will distract Lucifer and then the rest. Which, by the way, the mice call him Lucifer, which I think is super adorable. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. The Okay, one of them, one of us is going to distract the cat and everybody goes out. And they all do this thing that I thought was adorable because they all have tails. It's like drawing straws and whoever's tail he grabs, that's the one that has to go out. And of course it's Jacques' tail. Jacques. Is it Jacques? It's Jacques, right? Yeah. Because it's not Jack. It's spelled with a Q. No. French. <laughs> yes. Jacques. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's his tail. And I kind of just love this scene because it's supposed to be like intense, but it's also kind of funny because it's so dramatic. Like, they're all just, like, waving, like, like a wave to him like he's about to die, which is a very good chance that he could die. But for some reason, I found the scene, because it was so overdramatic, I found it funny. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so he distracts the cat, and they make it out, and... But then, okay, so Gus att- struggles to get his food, the chickens all take his food, so then Cinderella gives him a bunch, and I get why he doesn't want to take one. It was an effort to get out there. But he takes a bunch and then tries to pick up another one because one of the other mice drops it. And then, of course, Lucifer goes after him. And we get this whole sequence of her putting to get the breakfast together and Lucifer hiding. Uh, the Gus is hiding under the cups and Lucifer's just like, you know, being, you know, an a-, a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna slip i I'm feel trying it. really hard <laughs> i've been making a point to try not to swear <laughs> um and of course gus is discovered when because cinderella doesn't know this gus is discovered when she, uh you know he's in a cup and i guess anastasia is the one that finds him in her teacup and then as punishment lady tremaine gives her a bunch of you know more chores to do other than her regular ones and also i forgot to mention this before so lady tremaine is voiced by eleanor oddly who will go on to voice maleficent in sleeping beauty in a couple years um so uh jumping ahead so the king wants decides to throw a ball because he wants the he really wants the prince to like you know meet a girl and then get married and you know and there we gotta talk about the king and the archduke it's the archduke right or is he just mm-hmm. a duke i think it's archduke Arch, that's what i thought um they have this very comical relationship like it's almost like an odd couple style <laughs> like there could mm-hmm. be a sitcom with them where but the thing is it's not like he the archduke like hates him or anything he just is a very kind of timid squirrely guy because he has to deal with this like slightly whack job of a king. 
Like, yeah. I love the scene at the ball where oh. when the prince, <laughs> so the prince sees Cinderella, they start dancing, and the king is like trying to gesture to the composer or to the conductor, and he's like, music and lights, lights, and he's like leaning so far over that he's about to fall off a balcony, and the archduke is like barely clinging <laughs> him. Um. We then get to uh, the next song, the sweet nightingale scene, which is very just sweet. Again, it's another a sample, another example of uh, Cinderella finding some sort of, she's kind of just making do with her life. And it's just a really beautiful scene. She's got a really beautiful voice and is just like, you know, looking at her reflection in the bubbles and it's really gorgeous. And then, um, she gets the invitation about the ball and basically tells her stepmother and sister, stepsisters, hey, I'm allowed to go to this because it says every maiden. And of course, they're going to give her a bunch of stuff, so she can't go. And we then get to uh, one of, one of def- maybe my favorite part of the movie, the work song. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. Like, is that a wrong thing to like? No, 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 I was just like, yeah. the work song, and I was like, what work song? And I was like, oh, okay, okay, You okay. said, okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> judging, oh, but it's fine. No, it's but it's so, it's so sweet. So basically, she wants to make her dress. She's, it's her mother's dress. She does not have the time to do it, uh, because, of course, they're going to keep calling her and making her do stuff. So the mice all decide to do it. And it's just, it's just, it's a very cutesy scene. It's definitely kind of like, I mean, you could kind of compare it a little bit to Whistle While You Work and Snow White, but that was, like, extra cutesy. This is them, like, out of the goodness of their hearts being like, you know what, let's do this for Cinderella, because she is not going to have time. And I didn't notice this, but apparently, so three of the, like, uh, girl mice, they're wearing, uh, one's wearing pink, one's wearing green, and one's wearing blue. And I guess mm-hmm. somebody kind of made note, like, oh, it's like the good fairies and Sleeping Beauty. And I guess there's kind of people, I don't know, I, I had never heard of this until I read it, but apparently, like, is it relevant? Is it related to Sleeping Beauty? Is it kind of, like, foreshadowing or whatever? Because that's coming out at in, like, nine years. Nine years. Um, mm-hmm. That's, like, the next big fairy tale. But, which, I I think it's a, I'm, like, pretty sure that's just a coincidence. I mean... Yeah, I would believe I mean, it, but yeah, I was like, it's not, it's not weird for Disney to do that. Yeah, but I, but, yeah, eh, I don't think they were super into Easter eggs this early on. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the post credits scene. They, yeah, considering they thought this was going to be the end, like I'm gonna go ahead and say that no, <laughs> like yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Um, it's a, it's a nice little like. You could say it's an Easter egg, but I, I don't think it is. Um, but we don't think it is. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so we, following this, uh, Jack and Gus decide to go get, like, trimming or, like, accessories, anything that can they can use to make her dress. And there's a scene of them, like, of them, like, stealing a necklace and just, like, a sash that Drizella and Anastasia don't want. And, of course, you know, Lucifer's there and I kind of love there's a, a thing that I love about the scene is that he they're, he's chasing uh, Jack Jack 
and he is in a sleeve and his face mm-hmm. pops out and he's still just like inching forward <laughs> trying to get them and of course like the necklace broke and Gu- and Gus is trying to put it in his hat while uh Jack is trying to put it on Gus's tail <laughs> like I just I love the scene I, I just love the fact that Lucifer's still inching forward because that's something a, a cat would totally do that a cat would totally just keep like nope this this sleeve that I'm in, I managed to fit inside. It's not going to stop me from my goal. <laughs> um. Anyway, so uh, it's night. Cinderella is no way she's going to be able to go, and they show her her dress, and it's. I guess that this whole scene is just so sweet. The fact that they went through all this effort for her, and then mm-hmm. she shows up already, and I just. The the thing is, so Anastasia and Drizella obviously automatically throw a fit, and basically, uh, Lady Tremaine sets the seed for them destroying her dress by, hmm, these per- these these don't you think they give the right touch, Drizella? Uh, Drizella and and hmm, the sash that looks like yours, Anastasia. Like she's uh, basically trying to get them to rip up her dress, and it's just such a like. What what are you? Ex- what what is your problem? <laughs> um, you know, like it's it's she. The thing about her that's I find so interesting though is like again, like I said, she doesn't have a main goal that she's trying. I mean, yes, she wants her daughters to meet the prince and not Cinderella, and you can assume it's because she knows Cinderella is far beautiful, far more far more beautiful and kinder than. Um, her daughters and is more likely to win the heart of the prince than them. I can understand that she probably has thought that through, but yeah. At the same time, it's like, what you know? What is your problem? Like, she's not even anywhere near. Like, uh, I don't know. It was just this. The scene definitely is just like. I mean, I don't know. It's which do you think is a low for her? This or the fact that she locks Cinderella in her room later? I feel like that's really the ultimate, like, she's done, yeah. like... I think with this one, I would give it to this one because locking her in the room, like, that's just out of, like, context, you know? Yeah. Because it's just, like... But I feel like in any other situation still, like, even if Cinderella, like, didn't go to the ball and this was just, like, an actual, like, she's still- opportunity, mm-hmm. like, she would still lock Cinderella up. That's a good point. And, um, but with this, it's kind of, like, you straight up, like just hate her like there is so yeah. much resentment and like again for maybe just because she's just better than your own daughters or like yeah you know like we get this in like the live action like a little bit more of like a relationship and why there's like that kind of like animosity and stuff yeah but in this one it's just straight up like i hate you and i'm going to make your life miserable yeah because because <laughs> like yeah <that's> <laughs> So this is where, like, I got that, like, <gasps> like, I remember it as a kid, but I was kind of just like, ah, she tore up her dress, Fairy Godmother's coming up next. Yeah, like- yeah, you're not, you're <laughs> not too, it's definitely a, a little bit of a heartbreak just because this is just such, for the stepsisters, this is just such a, like, really? Like, you can't, and I realize also, so Cinderella, of course, they leave, and she just is so done, and 
she's literally crying saying, I have nothing to believe in anymore. I just can't. I'm so over this. I'm done. And I realize mm-hmm. part of this also might be, it's not just that they ripped up her dress. They ripped up her mother's dress. Like this oh is like an gosh. heirloom. And it's, you know, obviously this is other than the house that's hers. And the fact that this whole, everything is hers. Like this is the her. And I part of me thinks she would have cried no matter what, just because of, you know, it was still destruction over her friend's hard work. But, um, like it's, yeah, th- this one, I, I, I agree. This one is a different, a different kind of low than her locking her yeah. in the room. Um, so yeah, she runs away and, and ends up like in the courtyard and, uh, the, the design for this area is so beautiful. It's like a lot of blues and, it's just, it's so, I can't get over the animation of this. It's just so beautiful. And there's some, like, you see some, like, twinkling and, like, magic starting to kind of just, everybody's also, like, all the mice and all the animals are noticing. And then the fairy godmother appears. So the fairy godmother was uh, voiced by Verna Felton, who will also go on to be in Sleeping Beauty as Flora. She's the red fairy the like head of the good fairies mm-hmm. and she was inspired by mary alice o'connor who was the wife of layout artist ken o'connor and what a freaking honor like <laughs> i mean i mean okay like i'm just i'm thinking like you know like aladdin was lightly modeled after tom cruise or uh uh Ariel was lightly modeled after Alyssa Milano. But like the fact that they base the the fairy godmother, the woman, the person who shows up when the the, the this kind-hearted woman who's finally just cannot take it anymore. There's just so much like pain and hate thrown at her every single day, doesn't believe anymore and shows up to make to make it all better and to help her out. That's just to me, like that's such a really beautiful like thing to be like. She's part of a legacy, and she probably they probably didn't even look at it that way. It was just, it was just like, oh, like let's, yeah. She she kind of looks like she could be a fairy godmother ish, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But the fairy godmother is so adorable, and she's like kind of chubby, and I love it. And she loses her wand automatically, and um, actually maybe. This is also another favorite, but who doesn't love this this scene? Um, also, okay, I have I forgot to double check, and I would you say hold on? No, I was just like, hmm. Oh, okay. They said hold on. I'm like, okay. Anyway, um, so um, I forgot to check before we started, but um. So there are four, so, uh, Jack, Gus, and then there are these three other mice that they hang out with. They don't have any lines. Two of them are, like, twins, and then one is, like, the tiny, like, cute one. And I'm, I think, did one of the, I think one of the mice, it switched one of the mice later. I, I could have been, I could have been wrong. I forgot. I didn't get a chance to go back. Um, I thought about going back and then I forgot all about it. But, um, so like it's, I'm pretty sure at one point it was the twins. And then at one point it was the one of the twins and the cute little mouse, but I could be wrong. 
Huh. But I don't know. I want to double check, but I was like, wait a minute. I thought it was a different mouse. I, maybe, I don't know. Um, but yeah, this is another scene that I love. I mean, who doesn't love like the, the especially the beginning of it, the, the pumpkin bouncing and then being turned into a carriage. And then of course, Cinderella, Cinderella's dress transformation, uh, which is yes. Yes. a beautiful piece of animation and Walt Disney's favorite piece of animation. Mm-hmm. I remember I got an iPhone a while, a couple years ago, and it was when they had started having the uh, touch screens that like were kind of gifts, but they were like, oh, okay. uh-huh. and I wanted specifically wanted the phone because I thought, oh, I can have my opening, my screensaver being Cinderella's dress transformation. It didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, well, okay. <laughs> but that was you literally do it now. Maybe. I, yeah. Um, I do need a new phone. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so actually, I I thought about this in the mo- in the movie Cinderella's dress. It's always in like merchandise or at Disneyland or in its images. Mm-hmm. It's always blue, but it's actually mm-hmm. extremely like a pale, shimmery blue. Like it's almost white. And I was actually looking yeah. at it. And I'm like, it looks like it doesn't look quite white, but it's like it's insanely pale blue. Yeah, it's like the babyest of baby blues. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first baby blue. (laughs) Like, I noticed that too, where I was just like, because I remember, when was it? They came out with, um, what was like that, where Disneyland came out with its anniversary, they had like this blue. It came out with a very, very specific blue. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe. Wait, was this Disney or just some other... Disneyland, like when you know how they come out with like. Do you mean like the lineup new- of the Disney princesses and their dresses changed? No, no, no. I mean like their their merchandise. Oh, okay. Like when they come up with ears and like the lounge oh, fly, like backpacks. Right. They came out with a very specific blue. Oh, okay. Like a while ago, and a lot of people were just like, "Oh, this is because of like Cinderella," and I was like, "No, this is not the shade of blue." <laughs> oh, and, like, I they maybe picture it. Or, or yeah. I, can, I can imagine it. <laughs> it was for, like, was it for the 65th anniversary? Or the 60th 60th anniversary? Like, they did this really pretty, pretty blue collection. But everyone was comparing it to Cinderella's blue. They thought that that was, like, the correlation, not just for the anniversary. Yeah. And I was like, no. <laughs> this is a different shade of blue. Like, I get so territorial with the Disney, like, color matches. Yeah. Especially in this instance, I'm just like, no, no, no. Her dress is a very, very specific blue. <laughs> but it's weird. It's like we all, when, when I like when I see Cinderella Disneyland, I'm like, I'm not like, what, what the hell are you wearing? Like, no, like it's her <laughs> dress. But yeah, it is a blue in life. Life, it's like a blue, and in in the movie, it's like almost white. But also, it's like I was thinking like how like like Aurora, she's always in her pink dress. But in the movie, she spends more time in the blue. And I'm assuming they pick pink because Cinderella is the one that wears blue. But I, I assume that's the reason. I, I don't. No, that makes so much sense, though. Um, but also, but they don't want to have two Disney princesses in a row, like in the lineup, that are both wearing blue. It's yeah. my guess. But I mean, it, it's, it's anyway. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so... Again, I just I love this whole this whole bit is so beautiful and sweet and and she's like you know says at the stroke of twelve the spell will be broken and everything 
is as it was. And um, there is this picture, I'm trying to see if I can find it, um, but there is this picture I'm sure I found like on Pinterest at one point, and it was kind of like the, what is what the message of, of Disney films. And for Cinderella, what was it? Was it like even dreams have like, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? You probably have seen it. Um, like, I don't know. It was just, it was a picture of the like clock at midnight and it was just saying like, you know, there's even limited, there's lim everything has limitations or something like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Oh, okay. I think it's like, isn't it like a stem from like the Princess and the Frog dad's monologue where it's like, it can only take you so far. Oh, maybe, maybe. Like a wish can only take you so far. It's like your job to make, you know, I'm going to go real or something like that. Maybe I, you know, I'm going to go hunting for this on my Pinterest and I might post it on the Instagram. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep out for yes. the, for the <laughs> Follow us at that good old Plug. Um, okay. So anyway, um, arrive at the ball and all these women are just walking up to the prince. Like their names are being announced and they're like curtsying to the prince. And he is just, I love where he's yawning. He like is just so <laughs> not interested in this. I would yawn too. And, but I love like the, um, the, uh, uh, the king is like, ah, oh, he's not interested in any of them. It's like, okay, first of all, their names are being said and they're curtsying. That's it. There's no conversation. There's no reason why he <laughs> should like any of these women. And I was thinking about this. Can we talk for a second about how the king, he doesn't care if she mar if he marries a princess. He just wants him to be with, so he wants him to be with someone because he wants, you know, he does eventually need a queen. He wants to have grandkids, but he just wants him to be with somebody. But he doesn't care if yeah. it's a princess. And I'm like, that's nice. That's nice. Mm -hmm. Well, Cinderella's the first, too, who isn't royalty. Yes. Yes. She marries into it. Oh, actually, yes. It brings up a point. So Disney princesses, um, if they are born into royalty, they never wear gloves. And if they are, like, marry into it or, you know, get with the prince, they... Uh, wear gloves so cinderella part of her outfit is the you know the long gloves gloves yeah and i never when i found when i found that out i was like oh my gosh like i never thought about that i mean why would i, I just thought oh. that's part of the attire i didn't once question that yeah um but yeah, I love this scene. So the Archduke is just explaining, like, you know, it's going to happen. He's going to just see. And I love it's when he's literally meeting Anastasia and Drizella. <laughs> and they're bowing and they're curtsying. And he sees, well, so first of all, Cinderella. Okay, I was thinking about this. Is it, <laughs> what do you think is pulling him in? Is it the fact that she, I mean, I can see from far away, it's her beauty. But I'm assuming the dress, the dress. <laughs> but also I'm loving the idea of I'm realizing she doesn't know until the next morning that he's the prince. Mm -hmm. So I can totally get why that's appealing to him that she like she wasn't in line. She's just walking around like she doesn't know where to go. And he sees her and then introduces himself <laughs> and they start dancing. And it's really, you know, but like I was mm. thinking about especially because in uh the live action Cinderella, they definitely, this point is kind of made because when she first meets the prince, she has no idea. She just thinks he's a guy. And he's mm -hmm. like, you don't know who I am. And she's like, 
should I? And she's like, uh, uh, no. But, um, I just, <laughs> like, no. I just, I'm such a sucker for this, like, moment where he sees her and walks away and then just goes and they start dancing. And this is when the king is, like, almost falls off the balcony. <laughs> I, like, laughed out loud at this scene. Um, and then. Uh, I have a problem with this scene just because of the, like, I, I love the, you know, because this is also when the Archduke is, like, basically narrating and kind of like, what did you expect to happen? He would raise his hand oh, and from a distance you don't like that see her. Exact, exact. <laughs> like, no, 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 it's not that. It's that, what was Cinderella doing? Because I made um my boyfriend watch this movie with me. Okay. <laughs> like, did we watch it? And he pointed out to he was like, did he not notice the huge crowd of people? Yeah! <laughs> <And> <laughs> I was like, because she's just... <laughs> She's looking around like, oh, where do I go? Where should I? like?" And I'm just like, turn around and you'll notice an entire kingdom in this ballroom. You know, I was thinking that too. That's the one thing where I'm like, what are you looking for? But like, yeah. Because it's not like a fascination thing where she's just like, wow, like the palace, you yeah. know? It's straight up like, where am I going? Who, where am I? Wh- what, what is this? Well, I'm so yeah, lost. Yeah, well, it is for a second <laughs> when she first walks in. And I love this. The guards are just like eyeing and then looking back like they don't really care but um Mm -hmm. but yeah i i did i did i did think that um but i will to be fair it is only for a few seconds and then he goes over to her but yeah no i i I didn't think about that and then we get (laughs) turn around um our i mean would you i i would say this is our first like disney romantic duet so this is love this whole scene Mm -hmm. no surprise is incredibly beautiful and just the again the animation like it's a lot of um uh fade-ins and uh i'm spacing and what is that other it's what's it called like that type of cut that i always made a point not to ever use because it always i thought it was overused oh my gosh it like the fades not it's like not yeah it's i mean fade it's like fades into the next scene What's it called? Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? What is the term? I we were trained. I yes, I'm like, what's wrong with me? <laughs> I specifically uh uh don't really like that cut usually because I'm mean, not that it like the overlay or you know what? I'm gonna look this up because this is gonna bug me. I'm not against as it's it's not that it usually it's not that it's bad. I think I just remember I would always see people use it and it just kind of annoyed me because it's like. If it's used all the time, like, yeah. uh, this is gonna, this is gonna bother me. It's anyway, <laughs> I've, I, I, but the thing is, I feel like I like it when it's used appropriately. Um, yeah. Oh my god, this I gotta figure. I'm sorry, I have to figure it out. <laughs> Types of cuts in editing. <laughs> I'm gonna keep this in. <laughs> Resolve <laughs> across dissolve. dissolve. Wait, you did? Oh, well, no, I did not say you did dissolve. not say. Dissolve. I, oh, I did not say dissolve. <laughs> I think I thought dissolve, but I did not say dissolve. But yes, it like dissolves in the next scene. And I'm not that I think it usually looks bad. Usually, when it's used, it's when it's used right, it looks good. I think it's just um, sometimes it's overused. Sometimes, mm-hmm. and I remember in college, I made a point to like. Even though I did agree it would be used, people use it and it did look funny, I made a point to just use regular cuts, like, because mm-hmm. I thought that's what looks better. Um, but anyway, there are dis- those 
dissolves and but it's beautiful though it's used very well like it's used so well it's like dissolving the next scene and they're walking around and like it's just such a beautiful scene and they they kiss and it's the stroke of midnight and she freaks out it's like oh i gotta go and he the thing is i always thought what i kind of can't help but wonder what would happen if she stayed she yeah would everything would go back to the way it was but he wouldn't care. Mm-hmm. And I I understand, like, oh my gosh, I gotta get... It's not like a, I gotta get home, the, you know, my stepmother's gonna be home soon. Like, mm-hmm. which that's like what, that's what it was in, um, do you remember a Cinderella story with Hilary Duff? Yeah. That's what, that's the issue. She's like, oh, I gotta be back by midnight, because that's when my stepmother's coming back to check on me. But, like, in this, I always kind of wondered, and I think everybody has thought this because I've seen a lot of those, like, fan art jokes on, like, on the internet of, like, you know, there's the one where her and she's trying to say, she's like, okay, my name is Cinderella. Like, this is, remember my face? (laughs) Like, I, you'll find me tomorrow. (laughs) Like, because, you know, of course, it's if the shoe fits. Um, But anyway, she also gets home crazy fast. Within a minute, within a minute, she leaves the castle, gets out of the castle, gets home. Like, she gets gets there so fast. It's impossible. It's not even a minute. It's, like, how many dings in, like, the 12 dings to, I mean, like, signify midnight yeah. is how she gets to. Yeah. The, I was like, what was the or, point of writing there? You showed me how long it yeah. takes to get there. Or, I mean, to be <laughs> fair, they do um just... Or we don't really see them in front of the house. They're just, like, on, like, a dirt path. They're probably somewhat close to the house by the time it runs out. But, yeah, they, she gets out of there really yeah. quick. And so the oh, also, uh, the king tells the Archduke, like, oh, basically, you got to keep her here and, you know, don't let anything happen. Or, you know, like, he's going to, he, he, like, gestures the whole, like, I'm going to kill you uh, gesture. And then he goes off to bed. And, of course, this does get really crazy um, intense because... The prince is trying to chase her and then gets mobbed by all these women. Uh, Cinderella leaves, loses her shoe, and then uh, the Archduke sends out a bunch of, I don't know, guards to go after her. And that, I gotta say, is only gonna stress her out more. <laughs> like, like it, they're, they're designed, I mean, we don't really see, like, they're not, it's like a uh, detailed design, but they're all like, it's like dark horses and there's like red cape like it's 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 a very kind of scary design a little bit yeah um but it only just adds to the intensity of the scene i think i just kind of i but I, I think i was just more realizing like there was really no need for her to run back because if she changed he probably wouldn't care but also is it she's she doesn't seem to be afraid of him seeing her for who she is necessarily like necessarily mm-hmm. um maybe a little bit but uh but anyway so the next morning it's been so the archduke has to explain actually wait sorry really quick they get back everything transforms back to the way it was and cinderella still has the slipper like that stayed mm-hmm. and uh the archduke has to go in and tell the king and there's this whole scene of him trying essentially to like kill him with a sword and they're jumping up on this trampoline size like of of in terms of the bounce it's like a trampoline of a bed and yeah basically he says he'll marry whoever uh fits the slipper and the king's like oh okay fine and the, the archduke is like um this can fit a bunch of people 
mm-hmm. but which and he and the king this that's the thing is the king is not he's definitely not a bad guy or anything but he mm-hmm. says like oh well he will hold him to his word like he just he seems to only care yeah well that's pretty that's his problem <laughs> yeah it's not really it does this does not really affect cinderella uh it would only have really affected her if you know there was someone before you know before Giselle and anastasia that the slipper did fit and then well the prince would have been like wait this isn't her <laughs> like yeah um I would assume. But I keep going. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> this is not the girl you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Lady Tremaine tells Anastasia and Gisela, and Cinderella then gets very, like, she gets very, like, kind of spacey and, like, oh, yeah, I gotta go get changed and fix my hair. And she kind of, like, goes up and and Lady Tremaine realizes Cinderella follows her up there, and uh, Jack and Gus try to go warn her, but she gets locked in her room. And then they decide to go get the key. And I love that again; it's a without hesitation they just go out to get the key. Like they're not gonna like. Yeah. And so they're they're attempting to get the key, and Jack is in her pocket, and she like is suddenly becoming like. You know, kind of being, you see her being a little paranoid as she's, like, feeling for the key to, like, make sure she still has it. And she, like, pats it against her pocket. I'm like, don't you feel there is something else in your pocket? <laughs> there is, a like, a, another, like a, like, a ball. Like, it's equivalent, like, like a small ball a, a, si- a size in your pocket. Um, they mm-hmm. managed to get the key up there. Also, incredibly fast, considering how many stairs there are. And yeah. just as they're about to get it there, give it to her, uh, Lucifer traps Gus and again by this point Cinderella is just like oh my gosh can you let him go like please and um I forgot to mention this before so Jacques like I said before he's the kind of the leader of the mice and he but the thing is and Gus she he spends far more time in this movie intimidating Gus than he does any of the other mice because Gus got away mm-hmm. And I realize, though, Jack has tries to warn Gus several times. in the, Or the very beginning, when they first, like, see, we start see Lucifer. He tries to warn him, like, he is, no, he's mean. Don't go after him. Like, he kind of, he, Jack doesn't seem to be as intimidated or as scared. He's scared because, yeah, he's a mouse and Lucifer's a cat. But he seems to kind of know the, like, limitations of, like, I'm going to, I can, if I can stay clear with, from him, I'm going to. Like, he has this yeah. kind of, like, street smarts equivalent of how he deals with it. And I love the birds all get in, are throwing plates <laughs> on the cat. And then finally, they have to go get Bruno, who is Cinderella's dog, who, of course, gets kicked out of the house because Lucifer is a jerk. And it was not even a fight. He just growls at Lucifer. And Lucifer falls out of the tower window. And I'm like... I mean, I guess we know you're alive because he's in both the sequels. But but he falls out. Cinderella uh, gets out, tries to try it on. And then, again, this is Lady Tremaine's last attempt of... Because she keeps saying, no, there's nobody else in here. You guys can go. And it's her last attempt to maintain control. She trips the footman. The slipper goes flying and breaks. And I love this line. I literally wrote it down where... Um, she's like 
perhaps it'll help. And Archduke's like, no, no, nothing. Everything's ruined. And she's like, but I don't you see, I have the other slipper and it's game over. And the wedding, which I love. And I love this rendition of A Dream is a Wish Your Heart Makes. And I forgot to mention this before. Um, so she loses her she she loses her shoe three times in this movie. And once is mm-hmm. when she's bringing up breakfast. And the second... Mm-hmm. Foreshadowing? Yes. yes. <laughs> the second is, uh, you know, at the ball. And the third is at the wedding. And... I I think it's the same foot too. It's the same shoe, and I'm just like, I know you. We you, you clearly have small feet, but like, do you clear four and a half? Oh, four, wait, really? Mm-hmm, four and a half. <laughs> that, what? That is so small. <laughs> that's like a that's like a kid. Four and a half. Jeez, I have actually. I um when I was a kid, I had a lot of dress up stuff naturally and i the little like you know the little like costume like high heeled shoes yeah i had a bunch of those none of them fit and it literally looked like uh the ugly stepsisters trying on the slipper <laughs> like i had these i have i've size 10 feet now which is proportional to my height and everything but i didn't realize mm-hmm. i had big feet and looking back yeah i was like a seven and a half when i was like 10 and to me, that I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I, I didn't think anything of it. And it wasn't until I got older. I'm like, you know, there were signs that I had big feet. <laughs> Four and a half. What size mm-hmm. shoe are you? Um, I am an eight. That's So that's half yeah. your it's foot. Like an eight and a half. That is insane. Yeah, she's also, half of my Also, foot. no Archduke. A bunch of women are not going to fit this shoe. That is so yeah. crazy small. Oh man, I did not know four. Is four and a half <laughs> even an option? That's not a child shoe. Well, my sister is uh, size five, but she's like four eleven. Oh man, like in height. Yeah, she's so pretty her feet. So little. her shoes are her feet are not proportional to her body that at all. I mean, I have friends that are shorter than me, and like I have one friend. Yeah, her feet are like six and a half, and. Her feet are significantly, we put them together occasionally, and her feet are significantly smaller, but six and a half is also, but that, oh my, man, I could believe like five or six, but four and a half, that is insane. Four and a half. And a half. <laughs> oh man, okay, well, but the thing is, I was wondering, because she loses this, I'm pretty sure it's the same shoe, which begs mm-hmm. the question, is it, if it's the same shoe, is it maybe one foot is slightly smaller that's also insane because then you have everybody's foot. A four and four. Maybe and everybody's <laughs> foot is like, everybody has like, I mean, like a teeny tiny bit bigger or a teeny tiny bit smaller, but like. Significant. Yeah, mine's, mine's are different. But like, oh man, that's just like four and a half, man. Um, okay. <laughs> Damn. Um, no, for running shoes, I have to get different well, sizes. Yeah. Because I was a professional runner. Oh yeah, yeah. So I had. I had to get like professional shoes and they would have to size up completely on one foot just so that it would adequately, you know? Yeah. I've had that. Um, with, yeah. Like I think most of my, I have like a, I've, I've, yeah, some like my mom's hiking shoes are like a 10 again, which is what I am. And I wore them recently and they fit me perfectly. And I was kind of like, because my mom sizes up, I assumed they weren't going to fit me. Actually, it's funny. We recently, so in February, we, saw like an online ad for this like store for these shoes that we thought were super cute. This was on Facebook. 
and my we ordered some and they came last week <laughs> oh <laughs> this gosh. was february they came last week and my mom thinks they were shipped from china which given everything that goes on it makes sense why they took kind of long but this long sure but no and <laughs> we tried them on they i i can deal with them being a little too short but they're also narrow and the mm. quality of them like i would suffer through them if they were too short but they're too narrow and that hurts way more and i actually um you know that you know like i literally saying you know when you get like a costume that comes with like fake shoes that you're supposed to put over your shoes that's what they kind of remind me of in terms of the quality. Oh. They were not very mm-hmm. good. I laughed so hard. And I asked my mom when, she, when they came, I'm like, do they fit? And she's like, no, and they're not good quality. And I laughed very hard because <laughs> I'm like, of course, they're <laughs> not going to fit. Um, yeah. Man, size four and a half. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> also, the wedding. Um, so, yeah, they get into the carriage. The mice are like at the wedding and they're dressed in like little like the same this is the same you know outfits everybody else is wearing uh her horse mm-hmm. is part of the he's like leading the horses and bruno's running alongside them i just kind of love that he, they she takes all of the things that mean most to her are there with her like literally mm-hmm. and i just think that's so, so sweet so beautiful and um also, I think most people have seen this. There's her sleeve. Uh, Cinderella's wedding dress has sleeves. And then the scene, the last like shot image of the movie of them kissing in the carriage, she has short sleeves. Like you can see skin. Oh, uh, Have you not noticed that? Oh. No. Really? You've never seen that picture? Oh. I've, I Really? Interesting. Okay. It's, yeah. It's like at the very end, she's wearing sleeves and then she doesn't have sleeves. I mean, it's not a big deal. It doesn't get, it's not like, it's just like, oh, ha, uh, goof. Yeah. Um, but that is Cinderella. And I love this movie so much. And it's really beautiful. And what uh, what age would you say is appropriate? Ha, 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 ha. This has debate. Yes. Um. Not to us, but to literally everyone else. Um, I say no age. There is nothing scary about this. Again, I keep referring Pinocchio. Because <laughs> I'm so traumatized. Oh, God. But, like, that has set the standard for so much. Like, I will tolerate so much yeah. now. But, yeah, there's nothing scary about this. There's nothing, like, really to question in such a young child, you mm-hmm. know? Um, in terms of certain conversations, yes. Um, that that again with the same that I said with um previous like Bambi and Dumbo, that's up to you. Yeah, <laughs> like if one they notice it too. If you want to have the conversation, these are excellent movies to start up conversations. Yes, but I don't think they cause conversations. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I kind of... So agree. I wouldn't put an age restriction. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I was thinking, like, I definitely watched this when I was, like, three or four. Um, and I don't think... I think, though, the conversation... The, the, the conversation, uh, again, is about 
it's the fact that, yeah, she, we're in the, you know, we're in 2020. And so there is like questions and debates on uh, certain Disney princesses and are they good role models for kids? So Mm -hmm. actually to answer my question, do we want to, to answer my question, do we want to get into our next segment? (laughs) (laughs) Want to give the introduction? (laughs) I would love to. Hi guys. Um, so, me and Sam have this new segment. It's going to be that good old feminist rant. But um, around, let's see, this all started in 2018 when Kira Knightley went on Ellen and said that she forbids her daughter from watching certain Disney films because of their anti feminist um, messages. I was literally going to say that. <laughs> like, Oh, I know exactly when this yes. happened. <laughs> like I wrote a paper on this. It. This was like I also wrote a paper. Really? On That's it. so funny. Yeah, this was my final paper in college. It, I mean it was like a little like a an easy assignment. It wasn't like a big presentation. Um but mm-hmm. yeah, so <laughs> um yeah, anyway, so, uh she Yeah, no, sorry, uh, you go. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. You, you okay, <laughs> but yeah, she was saying like she's not allowed to watch Cinderella because she's like you don't she want you don't just like wait around for I again it's been I meant to re again meant to rewatch it before this and then I didn't get a chance to but uh you don't like you know wait around for a man to like rescue you and everybody cheered yeah. like yeah that's so progressive and I'm like I first of all no. I was kind of like I malfunctioned for a second the thought of telling a child they can't watch a Disney movie just irritated me. Mm-hmm. And then I really thought about it and I'm like, that is not what happens at mm-hmm. all. The first of all, the prince is the prize. The the happiness and the wedding and the ball and everything. This is what she got because she kept believing. Mm-hmm. The prince does not do a thing. He is irrelevant. Um, I mean, not to Cinderella, but just to, like, the point of the story, he is irrelevant. And it just kind of irritated me because I'm like, I agree that, yes, um, in this day and age, I do think it is more important to teach girls that, you know, you're capable, you know, you create your own happiness. It's not about having a romantic partner. But... It just, it's just, you're missing the point if you say that, oh yeah, the prince rescues her. Because first of all, no, mm-hmm. he doesn't. No. Like, <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, yes, he does rescue her. But also, and it's so white, in a sense, he does, in a sense, he does rescue her. Um, but mm-hmm. like, this he does not. And it just, like, ugh. And I was, again, I was so like, <laughs> that's not what happens. The whole point is that she... She is beautiful inside and out. She literally was kind to everyone, even when they weren't to her. Like, there's literally a scene where when she's giving, uh, delivering breakfast to her stepsisters, and she's like, good morning, Drizella. Did you sleep well? And she's like, what do you care? It's like, that's the thing is, she actually does care. You guys are hair horrible to her. She actually does care. And that's why she's asking. (laughs) She's not fake. I mean, and I would get why she could be, but she's not. And it just, uh, I do, I think if anything, 
you could show this to like a four-year-old and plant the seed that like, what's the lesson here? The lesson is that even when you're in a tough situation, you keep your calm, you keep your cool, you be kind to everyone and, you know, put positive energy out there as opposed to being mm-hmm. negative and cynical. Like, yeah, I don't even follow that. And I should <laughs> like, um, I, I agree that Disney planted the seed for giving me the idea that as a kid, give me the idea that, Oh, everything's going to be better and great. Once I like have a boyfriend, have a husband, whatever. And it wasn't mm-hmm. for all. And for years, I, I thought that, but Disney planted the seed. They, everything is what made me think that. It was not specifically Disney. It was not specifically Cinderella. Um, It just kind of, so the bottom line is that we're just not, we we agree with the being progressive and teaching girls, teaching young women that like, it's about, you know, be, be kind, be like, be a decent human being and make your own happiness and don't try to rely on like a man or, you know, like any, like a, any romantic partner to save you. It's up to you. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's the point. That's what happens in this. If anything, her friends save her. The prince doesn't do anything. And it's not like, Oh, he sucks. He doesn't do anything. No, like what? There was nothing. He doesn't know her situation. He doesn't know her. There was nothing for him to do. It had to be her. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you're just kind of the fact that yes, she does end up get end up getting married and that overshadows, it seems to overshadow everything when yeah. in reality, that's just the end. Yeah. Literally like a, mi- a minute max of actual screen time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, another like, okay. So like I researched really into this part of yeah. it because I, I've always just been more of just, no, you're wrong. Um, yeah. But I wanted to, like, see why they were so against, like, specifically Cinderella. Yeah. Like, why is Cinderella specifically not something you want to show your kids? Now, what I found out through, like, I don't know, like, Reddit posts and, mm-hmm. like, forums and, like, just reading, like, articles on, like, anti-feminism things, which is weird. Um, like... The main thing was, okay, so they believe that this film, because it came out post-wartime era, um, obviously women had joined the workforce, and um, there was this weird kind of energy of, they kind of wanted to put the women back in the home. Yeah. And that they used Cinderella as to kind of, like, hey, go back. Oh, (laughs) Because um, we didn't mention this while we were recapping the movie, but there is, you know, in the work song, um, a line with the girl mice, she does say, leave the sewing to the women. Oh. Um, There are certain little, like, little things where I see what they're talking about. And, again, this is coming right after the wartime. (laughs) Like, the first feature film right afterwards. And, I mean, was that... A motive? I couldn't. I didn't even think about. Here's the thing. If anything, that's to me not a necessarily anti-feminist line. That's more of a just you know let's stick to gender rules line. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is he's not like and and Jack's not like 
oh, I don't want to sew. He wants to sew, so he offers to sew. And if and and I don't know, I I just I don't know, I never really thought about that. If anything, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I don't know. Maybe she's significantly better at sewing than he is. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, uh, but I I. Ugh, I hear it now, but I... It's hard, yeah. No, it's hard to, like, not give it, like, okay. Like, yes, I can... Because, you know, obviously Cinderella is a maid. You know, there's certain things, you know, like she wants to be... Not she wants to be, she's, like, waiting on... You know, it's just a lot of housework and surrounded about that and kind of putting that ideology on women. Yeah. And that's also one of the main things that, you know, like, obviously there's the prince argument, but there's also uh, the the gender role argument where, you know, it's, you know, why should a woman stay in the house? But I think that's more of, like, a generational thing than, like, a feminist conversation. Because I agree with you, like, it's not necessarily, like, you know, um, waiting for, like, the, the damsel in description distress kind of situation it is more just gender roles yeah it's not yeah yeah uh it's a very it's it's a very fine line but i wanted to uh bring it up because it it is part of the argument but with that it's more of again this is a movie to start conversation and part of me also just believes like you know if you're doing this much to avoid like having this conversation with your kid like what what are you trying to teach your kid <laughs> that's where i stand because when um when this you know again this was in 2018 when she went on and, and keir knightley said this yeah. on ellen and my sister-in-law um she has uh, kids my nieces and she told me she agrees she was just like you know what you're she's right i'm not gonna show them until they're older and i was like what <laughs> Uh, you know, being the Disney yes person in the family, I was just like, um, you're gonna not do this? Yeah. And I got so defensive. And in terms of this, it's just like, are you afraid of conversation? <laughs> like, that's that's the that's it for me. At the end of the day, it's like, you should be able to show your kid any movie and trust that you can show them right from wrong. Yeah, and I think... Um... Yeah, I, I agree about the, the conversation. I think it's a conversation that if you do... Sh- I, I I stand by this. I said this before. Don't discourage. I think just encourage. If you would rather show your you know young kids Mulan, Brave, Moana, uh, Frozen over over Cinderella and, and Snow White and Sleeping Beauty, whatever. I Fair enough. Don't. I, I, okay, I have no issue with that. Um, but I don't think the answer again is not to have them not watch it. Don't, don't say you can't watch it either. Wait till they're a little bit older when you feel confident to have this conversation or maybe show it to them when they're young and plant the seed of what is really happening in this movie, because it's not the, yeah, it's not a, the prince saves the damsel in distress. She basically, creates her own happiness and i think that's very important and i think like i I think that's a message that is for all ages and for anyone 
man or woman, like, or, or, you know, like what, you know, whatever, like it's, you're kind of missing the point and you're looking at it wrong. And again, if, if anything, I would show like Moana and Mulan and Brave because they don't necessarily end up with a man just to show that, you know, you know, you can be, be your own person as opposed to rely on having a significant other, which again, she isn't relying on having it. She's not in a rush. She's just, Oh, I have this opportunity to go to this ball. I really want to go. And Oh my God, I met this guy. He's amazing. And they end up together. There is, what is wrong with that? There is nothing wrong with that because she's happy. Yeah. I don't. So I see the, it's, yeah, it's a, there's a lot of fine lines between like the, what people have an issue with. And I think the bottom line is if you're unsure, maybe do research, watch the movie. It's an, it's like an hour. It was like an hour and 15, 20 minutes. It wasn't like, it's it's not a crazy long movie. I think, um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I agree. I think this is a movie you can show a kid, just maybe tell them what's have teach them at a young age. Make them, that's yeah. to me even more progressive to teach them the real meaning as opposed to shunning it. Yeah. And also like putting down old Disney, you know, that's one of like a bigger problem for me with this whole thing where, yes, again, I agree. Like you want to show them Mulan and Frozen and Moana, like perfect. Good on you. You know, great film. Yes. Great messages. But to like bash on the older generation, like there's also still like there's that feminist debate of like, is it wrong for a woman to still want to be in the house? You know? Yeah. Like where you bash on the girls who are fine, you know, who want to be like, you know, a stay at home. That mom. also makes me mad. Like and- if anything, to me, that just kind of sounds kind of boring. Uh, I agree that, you know, there are, especially in the, our country that like there's many companies don't, offer the whole maternity leave like some countries offer like a couple of years of maternity leave for people to be at Mm -hmm. home with their kids because yeah that's a time where you need to be home with your kids or you want it yeah and that's 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 okay but i think the bottom line is if you shouldn't bash on someone for wanting to stay home any more than you should bash on someone who wants to go out and never have kids like it's it's someone's own personal decision and reasons for why they Mm -hmm. do things Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's something that like I bring up a lot when I, you know, try to push like, hey, can can they see Cinderella yet? Like, you know, um a- again, I will never step on someone's parenting. If you want to raise your kid, that's on you. Um, this is just because she is family where I feel confident enough to have these conversations with her. Like, hey, like why are you, you know Write a persuasive essay. Or, like, make a PowerPoint presentation. I've always wanted to do that. Yeah. I've had situations where I'm like, I'll do it. I will I will do it. Like, <laughs> I and I've never gotten it. to. Like, I, I really, I, there are a couple of times where I'm like, I really want to just, but I don't want to do it just for them to say, for them to humor me and, re- and do read it, watch it, whatever, and then just say no. It's like, no, I want you to watch this with an open mind, watch, read, an open mind. Yeah. And then be like, you make valuable points. <laughs> like, like, uh, yeah, uh, you know. No, and she agreed. Like, you know, they they watch Cinderella. 
you know like i i got around like i was just like right now it's mostly like is it scary which i understand obviously i'm not i'm like i will advocate to not watch have them watch anything scary honestly cinderella 3 has a much scarier scene than the this or the second you know (laughs) there is a scene in there that is i think (laughs) when i first saw it i was like this is terrifying um but you know we'll get there um yeah but yeah with this whole like debate of is cinderella anti-feminist that's 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 the thing right uh yeah cinderella anti-feminist no i just yeah it's not uh you if you think it is if you think it's anti-feminist uh watch it and just just pay attention like (laughs) I, i i do agree as a kid i wasn't like I think when I was, I was more aware as a little kid of like, wow, Mulan doesn't, well, technically, yeah, I think we've said this, Shang, Shang doesn't, they don't like get married. He just stays for dinner, offered to stay forever. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, I, I wasn't, I think I was aware that it was a different kind of movie, but it's also more of an adventure movie. It's not a romantic movie. Um, but like, yeah, yeah, I, I just, yeah, it, it's definitely a feminist movie. It's also a, you know, a lead she makes her own happiness. She gets out of her situation. She, um, and forget even like fighting the, yeah, she doesn't, I would say if this movie was made today, there are scenes that like, she probably would have tried to like, I, I, I could totally see her trying to climb out her window or do something to get out of that, out of the tower. Um, mm-hmm. It would have definitely been more, a lot more progressive, but also, She's in a, it's like what she also, it's, it's okay. Like, I don't really have an issue with her, like, not doing anything. She's locked in a tower mm. high above the yeah. ground. It's also like, yeah, it's also like against kind of almost her character. And I think that's something you shouldn't knock down either, which is, it goes with against the whole thing. Like, you know, some, some women want to be out, you know, in the workforce, never have kids. Some want to have a million kids and stay at home. Like, she is very like um delicate she's just a delicate person she's filled with kindness and everything and i i would argue that that goes with literally everything yeah like even her own emotions yeah where she's just like i'm not gonna fight this to the end because even then it's it's too much she's still very delicate in the way she handles everything i mean to be fair it is it's not like a and and we understand it's not like she wants to be treated like a slave and working being forced to put to work at her own house this is it's her house where's she gonna go and there's like an alternate like a song that didn't make it in where uh i guess i think it was the alternate opening or i don't remember there was an alternate like time where like the bird's like why don't i run away and and she says because i have too much to do which i'm like that's dumb and i'm glad they cut that out but but like uh Mm -hmm. It, it is and in the in the live action she says like because I, I was thinking the same thing why don't you just leave and she says like it's a promise and it's i made and it's my to my parent parents and it is my house like where is she gonna go so and it's not like again yeah, it's not so it's not like her just like she wants to work like she's where is yeah. she gonna go and what's her next option it's and and there's also sentiment like she's happy like it's not you know again she doesn't want to be in this position but she's found happiness in it. And then when they destroy her dress, that's when they literally took the, like, they just, they, they, they took, like, every, she's done. And that's when the fairy godmother mm-hmm. shows up because, no, you're not done. And she's not. And it's a good mm-hmm. thing. 
because then she found all this joy and happiness. Like, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like we're, this is a conversation we're going to keep having. Um, and I honestly, we'll probably just do an episode on it <laughs> to be fair at some point. Yeah. Um, just continuing on yeah. this, but this was a taste of this segment. We will get very heated. Things will get very heated. I think like there's not a single one where I would agree. I think it's more of, I, I understand it. Um, I just think Mm -hmm. Snow White with the whole, we, and we talked about this, the whole, like she's unconscious and he kisses her. It's like, it's not just him kissing her and she's unconscious. It is the idea of true love's kiss. Like that's, that's a little Mm -hmm. different. Yes. And it's, I get that. That's hard to explain to kids that I understand a little more. Um, but also it's a very different movie. Like this is this is way more progressive than Snow White. 100%, way more. Yeah. And so the bottom line is uh you know don't knock it till you try it. Like this is a very <laughs> this is a really beautiful film. Um it is a piece of history. Yeah. It did save Disney and yeah. You're and <laughs> if if you're questioning it, maybe watch it and do research as opposed to just being like no, she ends up with a guy and I don't want, like, you're just kind of, you're kind of missing the point. Yeah. Um, on that note, I'm Samantha Tomlinson. <laughs> and I'm Jocelyn Ponciano. And this is That Good Old Disney Podcast. Podcast. <laughs>